Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Guidance Recap Podcast. My name is Kylie Haskins, and I am today's host. In this episode, I'm excited to be talking with Dr. Vikram Arya, the Associate Director for Therapeutic Review in the Division of Infectious Disease Pharmacology, and Dr. Brian Booth, the Director of the Division of Cancer Pharmacology One. Both are in Cedar's Office of Clinical Pharmacology. Dr. Arya and Dr. Booth will be sharing some thoughts with us on the newly published final guidance titled, Assessing the Effects of Food on Drugs in INDs and NDAs, Clinical Pharmacology Considerations. Welcome, Dr. Arya and Dr. Booth. Thank you for speaking with us today. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you, Kylie. Happy to be here. Let's begin with Dr. Arya. Can you explain to the audience why assessing the effects of food on drugs is important and provide some of the reasons that FDA issued this document? Yes, I'd be happy to. Orally administered drugs enter the body through the gastrointestinal tract of our digestive system. Assessing the effect of food on drugs is important because food can affect the physiology of the gastrointestinal tract and thereby alter the ability of our body to absorb certain drugs. Some types of food can cause the absorption of a specific drug to increase or decrease, and other types of food may not show any effect on the absorption of the same drug. It is important to assess the effect of food on a drug because food can have a significant impact on the safety and effectiveness of the drug. If the absorption of the drug is increased by food, it can cause an increase in the number of adverse events and side effects. Conversely, if food decreases the absorption of the drug, it has the potential to make the drug less effective. The FDA issued this document to provide best practices for conducting food effect studies. From a drug development and regulatory review standpoint, we are interested in three broad considerations. First, we want to assess if the absorption of a drug is affected by the consumption of food. Second, if food does have an effect on the drug absorption, we next want to understand what type of food affects the drug absorption and also identify the specific effect of each food type. Lastly, we want to comprehensively review the study results and develop practical food intake instructions in the prescribing information that explain when to take the drug relative to eating food that affects the drug absorption. The next two questions are for Dr. Booth. When should food effects studies be conducted during drug development? The FDA recommends conducting food effects studies early in development. Generally speaking, a preliminary food assessment called the pilot food effect assessment should be conducted as a part of the first in human single dose trial. In this preliminary assessment, a cohort of subjects are administered the drug in the presence and absence of food. This initial study is not a definitive food effect study. Rather, it's a preliminary assessment that helps inform dosing strategies for subsequent phases of drug development until the 2B marketed formulation is identified. When a 2B marketed formulation is identified, we recommend conducting a pivotal food effect trial to assess the effect of food on this 2B marketed formulation before conducting the pivotal safety and efficacy trials to ensure that the dosing instructions in relation to food intake can be described in the prescribing information. What types of foods should be included in the food effects study? We recommend that for all orally administered drugs under development, a food effects study should be conducted with a high fat meal because a high fat meal generally has the biggest effect on drug absorption. If a drug shows a significant increase or decrease in absorption with a high fat meal, then evaluating the effect of additional meal types on the pharmacokinetics of the drug could be important because other types of meals may have a lesser effect. And this information can provide practical dosing instructions regarding concomitant food intake 
that could potentially improve patient compliance. Dr. Arya, the next two questions are for you. What are some general considerations for designing food effect studies? Generally, a standalone food effect trial follows a randomized single dose crossover design with an adequate washout period. Subjects receive a single dose of the drug with the meal conditions being evaluated, such as a high fat meal and perhaps a low fat meal or after fasting overnight for at least 10 hours. Plasma samples are collected from the subjects during the study at pre-designated time points to assess the pharmacokinetic parameters, and these parameters are then compared to assess the effect of food on the pharmacokinetics of the drug. Ultimately, we are trying to develop a practical set of dosing instructions so that the safe and effective dose of the drug can be conveniently administered. For example, there may be cases where fasting for eight to 10 hours between doses may not be practical or even possible because the drug is given multiple times a day. However, if food significantly increases or decreases the exposure of the drug, fasting conditions may be necessary. In these cases, we have to determine a fasting time frame that is practical for the patient while also determining that the fasting time frame will ensure the administration of the drug will be safe and effective. To be able to develop suitable dosing instructions, the guidance recommends conducting a food effect study with appropriate and practical separation times after considering the frequency of the dosing, patient demographics, disease condition, and any other relevant factors in order to determine how much time should be staggered between food consumption and the drug administration to avoid the food effect. Can you give us a brief overview of the evolution of this guidance? This guidance finalizes the draft version issued in February 2019 and revises and replaces the 2002 FDA guidance titled Food Effect Bioavailability and Fed Bioequivalence Studies. Information on Fed Bioequivalence Studies to be submitted in abbreviated New Drug Applications or ANDAs is now found in the FDA guidance for industry titled Bioequivalence Studies with Pharmacokinetic Endpoints for Drugs Submitted Under an ANDA. Specific recommendations concerning FED comparability trials are now described in the FDA guidance for industry titled Bioavailability Studies Submitted in NDAs or INDs, General Considerations. A key goal for revising this guidance from the previous version issued in 2002 was to focus the guidance on the clinical pharmacology considerations for the design and conduct of food effect trials. In line with this goal, we have made several key revisions that we hope listeners will find helpful. Namely, we dedicated a section on pilot food effect assessments, defined the composition of a low-fat meal to facilitate development of practical dosing instructions, added a recommendation to assess the food effects at the clinically recommended dose and not the highest strength, acknowledged the evolving role of model-informed drug development-based approaches for food effect assessments, and expanded the labeling recommendation sections to reflect current labeling practices. The last question is for Dr. Booth. What are a couple of key items that you especially want listeners to remember? Ah, that's a great question. I'd like the listeners to remember that food can increase or decrease blood levels of various drugs, which can lead to higher or lower rates of adverse reactions or efficacy. In some cases, food can be used to improve tolerability of a drug that causes GI discomfort. Well-conducted food effect studies can inform how when and why drugs should or should not be administered with food. Drug developers should assess the effect of food on the pharmacokinetics of a new drug early in its development to guide the overall drug development program and to inform final product labeling. 
this guidance has been issued to provide recommendations on the conduct of food effect studies for orally administered drug products. Dr. Arya and Dr. Booth, thank you for speaking with us today about the final guidance on the clinical pharmacology considerations for assessing the effects of food on drugs and INDs and NDAs. We have learned so much from your informative discussion on the document. We would also like to thank the guidance working group for writing and publishing this final guidance. To the listeners, we hope you found this podcast useful. We encourage you to take a look at the snapshot and to read the guidance.